when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast maiden is being held on Aboriginal land the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their eldest past, present and immersion and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And this week we are interviewing two times gold medalist Paralympian Richard Coleman. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. How are you, Mandy? Yes, good, thank you, Kate. That's good. Are you still enjoying winter? Uh, (laughs) hmm. It's cold. (laughs) I know. um, We put a thing on our story, we on our Instagram story, I should be more clear, and Mandy was saying, I'm coming to Sydney, I'm, I'm looking forward to being warmer and all the Sydney people, no, 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 freezing, freezing, freezing. So <laughs> I, I think just thought it was a bit of a joke. There's a whole lot of us in Australia <laughs> who are suffering. Um, my sister-in-law's sister lives in Brisbane and is having her Udi sent up. Oh, well, I've been seeing Brisbane people wearing Melbourne clothes. Yeah, and puffer like, jackets. What is going on? Yes, so if you live in Perth or <laughs> yeah. somewhere, enjoy Live it. it up. Yeah, because yeah, oh. you've had a tough weather year. So. Yeah, that's, yep. Yep. So, yep, here we are. So um, that's our bomb update. There yeah, go, yeah, yeah. And we are coming to Sydney. We are. We will be in Sydney in two days. Yes, when right? you hear this. That's right. <laughs> we will. So we're, we're looking forward to that. When you hear this, we're probably getting ready. Packing. Yeah. And, you know, so there will. there's definitely tickets for the 7 o'clock show. I'm yeah. not 100% sure about 4.30. 4.30 was please close come and see to us selling at 7. Out. Yeah, so please come in the night time. It's a fun show and yeah. it's poignant and yeah and we'll be warmed up by the second we one we will we could be loose 
We won't take shots, no. which is what no. we were offered in the last we Sydney show. Not. I promise you that. I don't think I've ever seen Mandy do a shot. So I've done them. I'm sure you have. I have too. Yeah, but it's yeah. Not a, I no. can't stand them. I'm not going to do it now. But it's we will not be doing before the show. Definitely not before the show. <laughs> anyway, today we're looking forward to chatting yes. to Richard. He's a really important person in my girls' mm. lives and their early athletics times mm. um, when we got them classified and for a Paralympic classification. Mm-mm. And, um, yeah, let's, let's, talk let's to hear Richard. him. Hello, Richard. Hey, guys, how are you going? Really well. We're thrilled to have you on the podcast today. It's great to see you. I don't think I've seen you for a couple of years. I know COVID's got in the way of a lot of things for everyone, but uh, luckily technology now, we can uh, continue doing everything we were doing. Yeah. You live in Geelong, is that right? Yes, just outside of Geelong now. Um, I've just bought a house recently in Lara, so Ah. uh, having that life... Uh, commitment of a mortgage now is a big reality check. <laughs> yes, Richard. So, Don't feel young anymore, yeah. do you? No. A big grown-up. No. So let's get into our questions. Kate, yes. you want to ask your first question? Okay, so our very first question is, do you have a song or a band or music that either like pumps you up in the good times or really helps you through the bad times? Oh, music changes over time, but... Um, I remember during my uni days, I went to a few gigs with the Go Set. They're a Geelong band. Uh, I love them because they what they do is they've got a guy playing bagpipes in a kilt on stage in a rock band and they're all drumming around. Oh, I love that. Fun and atmosphere. It's such a fun atmosphere kind of thing. So I love seeing that. Uh, around the world, I love going to different cultures and seeing different things around the world and going, hearing that music locally, uh, in whether it's Europe or other places. Uh, definitely South America and the Caribbean music is right up my alley. Oh. <laughs> kind of high tempo beat, yeah. kind of like high energy beat music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would I have heard a that. lot of different music yeah, around the world. Amazing. For sure. <laughs> what about did you win any awards at school? I'm always the first one to admit that I was never the smartest kid at school. I had to always work hard <laughs> mm. uh, for my results. But yeah. I think that came from – the skills you learn as an athlete, the hard work, the dedication, the never the resilience of mm. having to work hard to achieve your goals, that transfers into all parts of life, across for school, into business, into other parts of life, where you can't just give up because it's too hard or mm. you can't be bothered. And if you don't work hard, you're not going to achieve anything. Yes, I remember there were days when I was working hard until like 11 o'clock at night mm. doing homework. And then there was other boys in my class who could go home and play football or PlayStation mm. all night long, come out and get that A plus with no, yeah. no work done whatsoever. And you're like, hang on, I'm working crazy hard <laughs> to get the results I am. I'd love to get an A plus. But the days I did, it was like, great, I did it. I achieved yeah. my outcome. But it was you can't really compare yourself to other what other people do and no. what they do because if I went home and played PlayStation all night long, there's no chance I was going to get the A plus. <laughs> really and that's still to this day. But so, yes, uh, yeah, I was. I got a few awards and I did really well in BCA. That what I wanted. Um, did you? But that was a lot of hard work. As yes, uh, everyone knows. But I yeah. think it's sort of almost better to have to work harder because. I know watching my kids and some of their friends that were really bright, they then struggled in year 11 and 12 because you have to do some level of work and they'd never had to. So it's actually a better to have to, you know. Yeah, a lot of the kids who fly through the early years, mm. they just like find it easy, but then they get to year 11 and 12 who find it hard yep. because they're not used to doing those extra hours of homework, doing the self-study that 
teaching themselves where mm. I was always studying from year six onwards or, yeah. or yeah, yeah. doing the extra homework, doing the other things. And I was in a routine where you'd go from school to training, do your training, come home. I would do an hour of homework, then have dinner as a break to mix up the subjects, then go back and do the mm. next block of whatever it was. And so I'd come home from training all hyper and <laughs> adrenaline. So I'll get through the harder ones first do as much as I needed to and then move on to the other stuff later. And sometimes you'll be working later, but that's okay. There are other times when I have to get up at school 6am and do it before school as well. If you got that much work that you have to, and I still do that now. Like I was working all weekend on my own businesses as well. So it's like training, working, Mm, same thing. Like Mm, mm. Sounds like someone else I'm living with at the moment too. (laughs) Doing VCE and training. Yes. Mm. yes. Anyway, let's Tricky. get to our we'll next to question. That. Yes. Okay. And why are you a P or part of our P community? <laughs> <laughs> and you want to explain? Yeah. Well, just um, maybe you could say that you have you, you have a disability. Um, you, your yeah. Job. I was born. I was pretty lucky. I was born with my disability, and everyone knows that I'm a wheelchair user. So I'm pretty proud to be born with my disability, spine bifida, and. And to use a wheelchair my whole life. So I'm not one who has a crazy cool story of yep. they fell off something or they got bitten by a shark or <laughs> my cool story whenever I taught the kids or go overseas is that I was riding a kangaroo to one, school one day and I it it, uh, it jumped up and it saw a snake and it jumped up and I fell off the back of it. Um, <laughs> and that's why I'm in a, in a wheelchair. Okay. And, um, and everyone goes, what, what happened to your kangaroo? And I went, I ate it. <laughs> You're like, they're like, why? I went, I was teaching a lesson to all the other kangaroos not fuck me off. So um, you just got to have to laugh with it. And sometimes people, it's not a bad thing that I have a disability. It's a great thing because it's given me the opportunity in life to do yeah. what I do. And yeah. I would never have traveled the world. No. Or spent 10 years living around the world, doing the things I do and love and being a full-time athlete if I didn't have a disability. And that's why I'm so proud to have a disability yeah. because it's given me the opportunities it's not a sad thing no, that no. I can't do with it. It doesn't matter. I can't be drafted by an AFL footy team and play AFL. Yeah, it's like, you're not right, going to get I concussion. I the world more than <laughs> yes. anyone else can. And I can do these other things. That, and being an athlete, you can race, every, you can compete every single weekend around the world in some country if you want to go. Like, yes. And you just find a way to go, right, I want to go to Barcelona. Fine, I'll go to Barcelona. <laughs> and you do that. And you're like, other people go, how do you do it? And you're like, well, you book a fly, you book a hotel, and you <laughs> go. You, go. Like, <gasps> you seem very not driven. You think now this day and age where you do it and you learn a bit of the languages around the world to get by and you put up with it. I'm pretty lucky that I, I do what I do and yeah. I have a disability and it gives me the opportunities to do these amazing things. Can mm. you tell us a little bit about what it was like going to school or what can you remember about growing up with a disability? Yeah, so I was really the only one in the wheelchair in my school and most schools. Um, I went to Geelong College, a private school in Geelong, because at the time back in late 80s, early 90s, it was really one of the only ones that was enough accessibility Mm. to get around and stuff. Yet I always say that my year 12 common room wasn't accessible until halfway through year 12, yet I went to the school the whole way through. There wasn't a lift. So Uh, it took them 12 years to get a lift uh, up in that part of the building. So mm. I still go, well... We've come a long way, but we've still got a long way to go for accessibility at schools, yeah, yeah. let alone mm. my, most schools that people just don't have access. And you're like, 
how do you not have access to the rooms or buildings? And I still remember there were classrooms where they had to move classes around because if they were going to do mass upstairs, my class had to be downstairs because there was no lift up. Mm. You're like, how? Like, that's I know. Just, and it's still mm. now. Like, it's so many schools. You're like, everywhere so else. So many is, stairs. Why aren't they being forced to fix it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's coming in, but there's still a lot of things, and I'm pretty lucky it's just accessibility, but there's all these people with other disabilities, vision impairments, hearing, mm. and all these other ones who struggle as well. Yeah. So it's mm. not just mm. the physical mm. aspect of climbing out the stairs. It's mm. all these other bits that we don't think of that mm. we need to, and and it needs to change, and we're slowly, but we've got a long way to go yeah. in accessibility in, in everywhere in life and in school, in business, and main street the main streets of most towns aren't yep. accessible. So right. it's scary how long the way we go. And, um, yeah, I remember a lot of the accessibility but I also had a great teachers who modified and did different stuff with sport and they're the ones who got me into yeah. sport. Yeah, tell us about your start. involved in athletics. Yeah, mm. tell me about how you started athletics. Yeah, so I was one of these kids who the teachers were like, everything can be done. They modified every sporting activity, which – to me, when you hear that kids go to the library rather than take part in school class sport, you're like, why? And they're like, oh, <laughs> my teacher doesn't know how to modify activities to include me. And I'm like, mm. how is this in this day and age where back in my day we still were included and were able to? They just no, I laughed like, because it's my choice. I would have always been like, I can go to the library and read yeah. instead of going to sport. <laughs> See, I was the other way around. Yes, you like, wanted to be in it. Sport. Mm, six mm. periods a day. Yes. Like, I was doing nonstop sport. Right? Yeah. Yes. So it was doing that, everything. And we tried everything and I was doing that. So school athletics days, I had a go at absolutely everything. And my first memories of athletics isn't winning the first race or pushing the racing chair. It was pushing a day chair down the straight in the hundred yes. meters coming last by a mile, but that's okay because I was included in that age group. And doing the events they did. So we did the discus, we did shop, or we did high jump. I pushed around the mat and tried to jump out of my chair onto the high <laughs> jump mat. And it was like, okay, you don't win, but you're included. You, and you modified it. And like even pushing down the long jump pit, trying to break and jump out of my chair and jump into the sand pit. Richard, but what I just want <laughs> to ask, what in you gave you that self sense of self-worth? And, uh, you know, because even as an able-bodied person, I found sports confronting because I'd always come last. Like, what what is your mum like? <laughs> oh, no, it was more it was like, right, everyone else is doing it, I'll do it. And <laughs> yeah. I, and I still had no fear back then. Most people just go, all right, I'll modify it. And if things go wrong, then it goes wrong. And yeah. you can't just be just sad and go, all right, I can't do it. Yeah. I would have been more angry if they said, no, you can't do it. You're yes. on the sidelines and watch. Where... Let's modify it, do it the best you can Amazing. and improve from there. It's about doing everyone's abilities and not everyone is going to be Olympic athlete. No. It's about doing your own best yes. and achieving your goals. Uh, I I did it and even now when I go back to the school, the teachers back then were like, can't believe you did that. And I went, yeah, I know. Luckily I didn't break a leg or anything like that. Now I'd be too worried about snapping <laughs> yes. things because I know that how quickly things can go wrong yes and how easy injuries happen where you're like back then you're like oh yeah i'll be right but if it, something does go wrong you can't cry about it you can't yeah. be all angry about it you go well all right that happens life does go bad bit. sometimes and move on yeah <laughs> like, yeah when did you start representing like did you was there a team vic back then or what yeah so my what first was the pathway? Uh, athletic stuff it was like i did the school athletics days and then 
my teacher just went, right, we've entered you in school sport, primary school championships. And I'm like, all right, what's that? All right, you're doing this, doing the 100 and say the 200. Go to this comp on this day and you're doing that. And that's where I really got involved in that way. So I did primary schools, athletics up until there. Um, and then that's my first introduction to school sport Victoria. Mm. Uh, and I competed all the way. My first team was the... 96 Pacific School Games when I was 12-year-old yeah. boys. I was selected on that team and I went away on the team to Perth and that was my first selection. And some of the coaches are still around today yes. who were involved in Team Vic back in the day. And so it's great to be back now as as a coach and the multi-class. And yeah. we've come a long way from those days 20-odd years ago to 30 years ago now to where we are now yeah. um, to it. But we still got a long way. And I'm trying to push to get you opportunities and do it. We went on to APS. I did APS for a while through it. Uh, and what's I can APS, do APS for those who don't it's know? It's private schools athletics here in Victoria. Uh-huh, right. um, so the schools compete against each other through the athletic season. Unfortunately, back then, I could do the rounds, but I couldn't do the finals uh, because some of the schools thought I was going to win too many points for my school <laughs> and win them championship. My oh, no, what a shock. <laughs> we came last. If we didn't come last, we came 10th out of 11. There was no chance. My points winning one fifteen hundred was maybe going to get us up to nine. But we were very far behind the first four teams <laughs> and we weren't going to do it. So, so I was like, I can't win every single event because there was no way I could win the one, two, four kind of thing. Yeah. So winning one fifteen hundred was not going to make a difference really. Finally, in the last year or two, we finally got multi-class coming into the APS system where we've got a lot of kids who have come through the primary schools, mm. school sport system who are now in that high school age group. So we've got the cohorts there. We've got the kids who are competing in athletics. So now we've got the, the demand mm. for it. Now we're putting into the opportunities to give the kids opportunities to compete for their schools. Yeah, awesome. Wow. That's obviously how Richard and I met. My girls were in Team Vic when they were in grade four, you were one of their coaches. Um, (laughs) And, um, yeah, it was so – we've got so many gorgeous photos of you with the girls stretching up against a tree or, (laughs) you know, ice vests on the track in Sydney or, you know, it was just wonderful to have you as their coach. And they've both Yeah, it was a great thing to be involved in. Like I I take the thing as the the boss and I'm I'm – dictator and ruler and it's my world and they say and do as I say but I'm trying to create that culture of you behave and you do the right thing as an athlete even as a 10 11 12 year old because that flows on all the way up into the high school and then onto the Australian teams and yes. if you have a bad attitude or bad just the way you go about things it's going to flow on and up into that and it's hard to change the way you go about being an athlete as a lead athlete better to create that routine, that thought pattern mm. early, then it flows on. And that's where we're seeing now all these these kids and athletes who came through that system and now moving into the Australian teams. And yes. that is creating a great cohort of elite athletes who do the right thing, who are prepared, who don't leave their spikes at home, who don't forget things <laughs> because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm to that. They're prepared and they, they know what to do when to do it and how to do it. And it was awesome for my girls and all the team because we've got so many gorgeous friends that they've come up through that you would know too, to have a person with a disability with the lived experience mm. be their coach. 
Yeah, and I've, I was there back when I was 10, 11, 12 as well. So yeah. I've, I've experienced that, and it's my most enjoyable time in the year being on these teams, and I kind of enjoy it more as the coach on this team than I do as an athlete, and a lot of the trips I'd races I do around the world, I'm like, I'd rather just be a coach on this team because it's so much more fun and <laughs> yeah. you get to know the kids, you get to know them as an athlete and the personality of them and help them have that self-belief that they can achieve their success, whatever that may be. Hmm. And that's where we've got to distill is they can achieve a success and don't compare against the other athlete who may be training six, seven days a week who's flying. You've got to compare you against you. Yeah. And are you improving? Are you getting healthier? Are you getting stronger? Are you getting healthier that you can do everyday life? That is the most critical thing where it doesn't matter about your results on the track. Can you run fast? Well, mm. are you in pain? Well, no, then you're not achieving what you need to in life. Mm. Mm. Wow. Tell us about your time as a Paralympian. Now's yes. your time. Brag about amazing. it all. Tell us everything. No, I had a great time and uh, I'm still training. I've got a Gold Coast Marathon in three weeks, but I'm uh-huh. very underprepared. But uh, it's been a long COVID and a long winter yes. year. And it's uh, taking its toll. Where was your was first gold lucky. medal? Where was that? So I was very lucky to be selected for the Athens Paralympic Games and I came through the ranks and I was lucky because I was yep. racing as basically in the open division in my classification, T53, from about 15 years onwards. So I was getting to know the top 20, 30 guys around the world from those early years. So when I made it to Athens, it was already second nature to me to be able to race them week in, week out. Yeah. And they weren't these big scary monsters who are these freak show athletes. It was just like, oh yeah, I get to race them again. Let's try our best and try and win it. Uh, I was lucky that Athens were the year after year 12. So as soon as I finished year 12, it was just full-time training to get to there. Yeah. Um, but then I was able to do university part-time for the next few years, mixing with sport, traveling, uh, and then being a full-time athlete around the world. The more you travel, the more you race, the better your results mm. were. So you stay at the top of the game and the top of the tree. But you weren't nervous. There, but once you're there, it's Like the before the race, are you like, I, I need to do a big poo? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got their own routines. Everyone's got their nerves. Um, you've become, I've become such good friends with so many of the athletes mm. around the world that you, they've, I've had pretty much majority of my main rivals come and stay in my house in Geelong and train <laughs> with me in January every year. But that's good because you get to know them as, as people yeah. and then their families, their, their kids, their, their wives or whoever. Mm. And then you get to become better friends, but then mm. you get to know what they're doing for training and, how, and then kind of work out how to beat them and stuff. <laughs> Um, but then also when you're traveling around the world in say Barcelona or France, you go and stay at their house, yeah. train with them, get to know their setups, get to know them over there. Then also they translate for you, which is really handy. <laughs> wow. As a, good. As a silly Aussie who doesn't really speak many languages. Yes. And some of the athletes who speak six languages. I know. Like, so uncultured. We are. It is. Sorry. Like you feel so bad because they're like, we speak better English than you. And we write better English than you. And I went, Yes, I know I don't ride and my grammar's horrible. They're like, this is my sixth language. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm okay with that. And they translate and like, they're like, we're just speaking English because we all speak enough English. Brahman, you don't have anything. So it's uh, pretty cool. We always get to go, get together around the world, wherever we are. We always go out for dinner. And it doesn't matter your main rivals, like number two, three, four in the world. 
what happens on the tracks can stay there. You yeah. go out for dinner afterwards and your best mates and you have this great dinner. That's amazing. That is amazing. Traveling and be- having a disability because you get to know yes. so mm. many people around the world you can call on and go, hey, I'm coming to France. Can I stay at your house? Yeah. yeah. Before this race. And they're like, yep, yeah, fine. So did you win a gold medal at your first Olympics? Yeah, first Olympic Games, I won the 800 metres. I was the shock uh, surprise packer there. Um, But, yeah, I managed to get very lucky. I I had a good – I'm always known as a very good tactical athlete, so I know when to get the right spot, the right wheel, Mm. make the right move at the right time and not get boxed in um, Mm. and not have the run or not get taken out in the crash. Mm. So I managed to get the right wheel and win it by 0.03 of a second on the line, the dive. Wowza. Um, is that on YouTube? So we was, need to find it. Yeah, we'll put we need it. It was very tight. It was very lucky. But uh, all I always remember that after the heats, uh, we were going back to the village on the team, on the bus, and I was sitting across from the Americans, and they're all talking about the, fi- the 1,500 boys and the 5,000 boys. Yeah, so we're sitting there, and I was minding my own business, and we we're looking around, and they were talking about the race, how they went, and then, talking about his tactics for the final and they were talking about all the different things he should do and stuff. And then they're like, who do you think's a main rival? And he looked up and pointed at me. I went, <laughs> what? Not me. And they went, oh, so we shouldn't have been talking about the rival tactics for <laughs> yeah. the final. Went, no, it's okay. I'm not going to do anything. And they went, oh, we better change the tactics up and they'll talk about something later. I went, okay, no worries, boys. And they did exactly like they talked about on the bus. So as soon as he made the move, I went, Thank you very much. <laughs> and so I sat on his wheel and I was very lucky to respond at the right time and compass. That's incredible. That's an awesome story. You, you haven't win. Like, like I think it was about 10 or 15 times where the world record was broken in front of me or I would mm. come second or third mm. and the winner broke the world record or you'd be winning most 90% of the race mm. and it got and another athlete would pass you right on the finish line and mm. break the world record. Mm. And so... I went under world record only twice in my career, but never was able to claim it for my whole as um, my own name. Yep. I was under the world record 10 times myself, yet the winner broke the world record and claims it. So, yeah, great, you did a PV, but you didn't quite do it. Yeah. It just never fell, fell in my way, but mm. that's okay. You've got other athletes, and I was really happy for him. And one of the French guys, I, I led the whole race and went, I attacked it. I went on the water record and he passed me on the finish line and he took it by 0.01. Oh. And so I was like, you owe me uh, a water record. He goes, yes. <laughs> it helps him because it allowed him to get more funding, team funding. It allowed him yeah. to get more um, travel and then able to do more races. But then he was able to be pacemaker for me in a lot more races. So oh. I, I managed to get a lot more, another ally. Yeah. For future races because – more sport with sport is about how many allies do you have mm. rather than you don't want to win one race and make a lifetime enemy. Yeah, I'd rather sacrifice one race and get a lifetime ally who I know will anytime I need to go fast or get a pace qualification time. Mm. I'm like, hey, I need to go this time. Can you be my pacemaker today? Oh, and they'll be like, yeah, nice. how nice. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of things behind the scenes you don't realize. No. Oh, okay. There's a reason why they're working for each other, yet they're, they're enemies, but they're not there. They're helping each other today yeah. because there's a long term. That makes sense. Outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Or you've done a favor for them in the past. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you won mm. that gold medal that first time, how did that feel on that podium? Because most of us will never experience no, that. No, will not. Yeah, it was a bit of a surreal moment and you're like, okay, this is something that unexpected. And then it took me another eight years before London before I got to experience it again because it's, it's a long time mm. of training full yes. time and doing it. London came around real quick and I was doing really well going into London, but nothing's guaranteed in sport and life. And you're doing well and you just do your best and hopefully it's enough. London was really good because it was sellout crowds and I had so yeah. many friends and family all over the world who came oh. and I said, what they were like, what was the good chance? I went, come to the 800. That's a favorite event. That's, it's going to be tactical. It's going to be so many guys, anyone can win it. Mm. And so I managed to race smart, race in the right spots and then come out and managed to win London by 0.1 of a second on the line as well. Wow. And then my memory is to seeing all my mates around scattered around the stadium and being able to celebrate with them was really cool. Oh. It was, Good few days afterwards. That's <laughs> and do you think you appreciated the second win more? Or? Probably because I was a bit older and I had to work yeah, too really there. You realized how I much had, had to more work. family and friends yeah. and people you meet around the world, people in London who there were so many family who had never seen me race, mm. let alone do anything. So oh. I managed to get so many friends and family to go come see wheelchair racing for the first time. Yes. Race and go, this is what I do day mm. in, day out. And yes. see all the hard work pay off, which was really cool. Then how did you make the change into being a coach and even t- tell us about your business, how you're – Yeah, so I, I was coaching, uh, like helping out for all those years leading into it as well, helping out new beginner athletes yeah. here in Victoria and around the world, um, helping them get involved in sport and then developing up into elite athlete. And it's amazing how many people have come through our network yeah. who have got up now and mm. been a good athlete on the Australian team. Mm. But now uh, after that, I started really developing a, a good squad of my own, mm. helping achieve success and showing that the processes do work if you do work hard. Mm. If you don't do training, you can't go fast. No. And that's the reality of it. And no matter how good an athlete you are, you do need to work harder in the background. So I, uh, I worked and I've, developed a good squad now and we train online and technology has been great because we're able to train indoors on the rollers, oh. train online and do different things around the place. So you don't have to be outside in the snow in the cold. and cold and, mm. and be cold weather. You can be in line online and I can go start, stop, work harder. You're not working fast enough. Go, 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 come on. I can do all those things. <laughs> what are the age of your, of your cohort? 
One of the, yeah, ages. So the youngest athlete is this eight-year-old wow. um, and the oldest is uh, in their 50s. So oh, um, wow. there's a lot of athletes who want to be, I've got a couple of athletes who want to be on the Australian team and who, and who are, and then there's athletes who just want to do it for fitness and fun. And that's, that's great. And yep. I'm trying to help them be as fit as they can mm. and be fit for healthy for life because yeah. everyone needs to be active yes. to be mm. healthy and mm. that's the thing like and then out of that hopefully some of those guys will go oh actually i'm doing pretty well yeah all right i want to start racing really well yeah. and take it a bit more serious and then do it we've got a couple of races coming up gold coast marathon in a couple of weeks one of my female athletes she's doing her very first marathon uh so she's going to do really well she's oh. going to be a surprise packet oh, oh, i can't wait to see how she goes uh there and then there's a few other junior athletes coming through the ranks who are doing really well so it's great to see and i've got a few in my own old racing chairs out being used by the athletes so i'm using my wheels my way and sometimes i'm down to like one set of wheels and so if i have trouble then i'm like i can't train myself so Mm. but i'd rather allow other people to use equipment so they can train and if i have to miss sessions and and training that's okay oh not really it'd be nice if there was more funding yeah that's it but it's the reality of where we are. You're just are a glass half full, aren't you? We have to make do with what we've got yeah. and, that's the rea- and and mix things around and mm. share equipment. And you, I'd rather have more athletes competing and, ta- and training than missing out because we. I'm, I'd rather have a spare set of wheels or yeah. a, a, a spare chair ready to go. So, Well, if we've got um, any people listening out there that have stacks of money, you just send it Richard's <laughs> way, right? He'll take it. Like, well, you never know. Budget. People listen. Mm. so The budget's pretty big and the income's not great. Yeah, so, I bet it's um, not. That's the thing, reality sport, and athletes have got to work out ways to cover their costs of being mm. an athlete. Mm. And everyone was like, Rich, why were you racing so much during those years? And I was like, well, some races – weren't that big or weren't that important to the goal of the 800 but there's other reasons why you would do it you might have done it for a bit of media or sponsorship yeah. or prize money yeah and you're like oh, i'm doing this race because it, you get prize money of 500 or a thousand dollars or whatever mm-hmm. it may be that allows you to do another race that mm. you want to do mm. that you need to do for your main event mm. that you couldn't afford if you didn't do these other events mm. part of it and you don't have to do hard race the whole time you can just get it through it and achieve the result you need mm. uh and do it that way and that's why a lot of the races you're doing had some other implications along the way mm. so um and there's a lot of racing now which are racing is really lucky we do have a professional circuit mostly around the world yeah but you can if you need to you can go to these other races and then do the ones that don't have much price money or the ones you need to to get the result you need on the long, along the way to achieve your result. We've been hearing a lot about wheelchairs and airports and aeroplanes and mm. how does what is that like for you? What's that been like for you? Oh, you've got so many crazy experiences in, in random countries around the world. But sometimes I find that travelling with a person in a wheelchair, the easiest experiences are in those third world countries in Eastern Europe, in, in South America, in, in the Caribbean, where it's like, the great experiences is like Cuba, Bolivia, Peru. And you're like, why am I getting perfect access yeah. or taxis will stop in Bolivia on the side of a hot big lane highway mm. and help me get in my chairing. And mm. yet you can have taxis drive off you in Melbourne and Sydney airports. And you're like, and they're like, oh no, no wheelchair. And you're like, hang on. Yeah. How does that happen in our developed country oh, where we're meant to be fully inclusive and accessible? Mm. Yeah. 
around the world, you've got no steps to the trains. You can't get on steps. And you're like, mm. you're climbing up and down steps. Or you get told, no, you sorry, you can't come on this train because you have a wheelchair. And you're like, hang on. Mm. You don't tell that to the other person who's a bit older. No. An old person in front of me. Like, oh, no, you can't say that because that's discrimination. You're like, same <laughs> no, thing. No, no, like, oh, no, 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 no. So I've had some issues around in like mm. the main big ones in Western Europe or wherever. And then because a lot of the policies are created by people who've read about disability, who have learned about disability by courses who don't actually have a disability, mm. who go, I'm an expert because I am the person doing the policy. And you're like, mm. but actually they, ha- they don't know the implications on mm. people with a disability or in a wheelchair. Mm, How does not. that policy affect the outcome mm. of, yes, they may have great intention. Yes, they may be doing it for oh, an H&S, mm. but actually grading these OH&S policy is creating more issues than what it's trying to solve. Mm. And that's where we're trying to, we've now come too far going, right, the barriers are too big. Mm. We need to go, right, how can we make it inclusive? How do we do yes. things where we include people with disability mm. in it, in the decision-making rather than going, right, I know best because I learn about it. Yeah. Because you don't tell oh. someone how to push a wheelchair if you've never sat in a wheelchair, yes. or never pushed a wheelchair, and go yeah, right. Of course not. I know best because I read about it. No, I saw a video of how to push a wheelchair. Of course, no, terrible. Yeah, no. yeah. and we've seen that before. We've heard all these stories, I'm sure. and it's like, how do you tell someone you're sitting wrong if you never sat in a wheelchair? Like, yeah, like that's my that's my biggest bugbear. I'm like. I don't tell someone to walk because I've no. never told someone I've never walked. Yeah. Like, are you walking wrong? Like, how do you know? Oh, I've seen someone walking before. Yeah. It's, like, it's like I've met people who walk. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you've got to be out of reality of lived mm. experience of how yeah, to do things. That's right. Yes, yeah. I've been around, but I'm not a perfect – I don't know everything about every single disability group. Of and there's so not. many different varying disability cohorts. Mm. Yeah so much knowledge that I'm learning and I'm still trying to learn about all the different cohorts mm, mm. and I want to learn I want to improve my knowledge and skills mm. in how to help them mm. well that's success. how multi-class comes to life doesn't it you've you've got all the kids with CP you've got uh, so many different varieties of disabilities that's um, the amputees yeah. you've got intellectual disabilities yep. you've got so many different mm. classes vision impairments and and they've all have their own unique Limb differences and, and yep. yeah, abilities yep. and, and things they can and can't do. And and that's great. And we just got to learn and push their boundaries of what they think they can do because that's the biggest thing is like, oh, no, I can't do this because I have it. Well, actually, yeah, you can. But we just got to modify. Yes, it may not be done the way everyone else does it, A, B, C, D. You may go A, D, C. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. As long as you achieve your outcome and your success, that's yeah. fine. It doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah. True. Yeah, it is true. Oh, Richard, you are awesome. Yeah, you're just so full of life. Yes. So nice. We have loved talking to you today. Is there anything you would love to tell our community? Is there anything we've missed? It's not a big scary world having disability. And and I'm not an inspiration of having a disability. And that's no. the main thing is I, I don't want anyone to feel like they're inspired because I they see mm, me mm. pushing down the street or and it's like, well, everyone else goes down the street. Yeah, yeah. Why doesn't a person with a disability? And yeah. why is that such a big thing mm. for someone to go to the supermarket and go, hang on, everyone has to go to the supermarket. Why is it yeah. seen as if someone with a disability goes there, it's such a big achievement mm. where I want everyone to be inspired for the crazy things you do is the, 
very outrageous <laughs> things that no one else can do and go, right, all right, that is really cool because not many people can do that in the world, let alone anywhere. And you've done some cool stuff. Yeah. And that's where I'm trying to show that, hey, anything is possible if you truly believe in it. But the problem is a lot of people don't achieve success because they don't actually believe in it. Mm. But then also don't actually start the journey to achieving it. They go, oh, yeah, I want to be successful. I want to achieve this goal. And you're like, all right, stop talking about it. Actually start and take the first action <laughs> to achieving your goals. Yeah, and that's wow. the biggest thing where everyone doesn't believe it. Um, and I'm, it's not sad we have a disability. It's a great thing because I can do these things. Yeah. And now I'm helping out other people to help them yeah. achieve their goals, yeah. define their goals, actions and strategies because a lot of people don't realise how to – that the goal needs to be measurable and achievable. Like mm. they, they can achieve it. If they measure it, mm. a goal has to be measurable. And that's yes. the biggest thing that people, people with one-on-ones and helping them do it. Um, so that's anyone who needs help achieving their success. Let me know because we can all help. <laughs> yes. We will put your business details in all our socials. People can get in contact with you. We're going to find a YouTube of you winning gold. <laughs> hey? There's plenty of ones and there's funny races around the world and yeah. a few other activities I've done around the world that people are going, oh, that's pretty cool. But um, <laughs> it's more just that I was trying to achieve my goals yes. and prove that I can achieve the goals. Yeah. So then, right, these crazy goals, no one thought it was possible and doesn't mm. matter what other people think mm. of your goals. If you truly believe they're possible, you can yes. if you take action to achieve it. Thank yeah, you, Richard. What a great... Thank you for being an awesome person in my family's life. My girls really look up to you and have great memories of that time together, so thank you. Wasn't Richard awesome? He was I said to you, he'll be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) He has so much to share with the world. He's done so many incredible things. Yeah, he really has. And my girls really love him. Yeah. And I've got all these gorgeous photos of when they were little and, um, yeah. Oh, so cute. Coaching. Is he always that? Yes. Energetic. Yes, he wow. is. As long as I've known him, he has been that energetic. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, that's not, he wasn't I'm, putting anything on. That's him. I'm digging it. Yeah. 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 I know. It's really, you can. Yeah, um, I like it. The energy. We was, did that over Zoom and yeah. the energy was palpable yeah, in the room. It's amazing. So some people just have something, don't they? So go and follow all of his stuff. If yes, you're someone that lives notes. in near Geelong and you're thinking about your child doing some wheelchair racing, he's mm. your person, right? Mm. So you're very lucky if you live down there. Yeah. And to be close. So. Um, yeah, we'll put everything in everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you can find him. <laughs> okay, what made you cry this week? Okay, so what made me cry? I'm not going to the specifics, but I had dinner with a friend and I was just talking about things in life and she sort of just pushed me that next step further, you know, when you're like, okay, we yeah. could just say it's okay uh, or we could really say yeah. And so it was quite funny because she was like, people are looking at us. Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, also – just cathartic to cry with someone who has yes, your back. Totally. So that's totally. that was what made me cry this week. Yeah. What about you? Well, not that poignant. <laughs> Miss Eleven and I finished seven seasons of Road to Avonlea. Wow! <laughs> so we started it when we both of us got COVID. Yeah. And so we've just been chipping away, and it's that's just been so amazing lovely. to watch seven seasons of a show. And I really cried at the end because yeah. I thought I really love all these people, and yes. also we've had a nice time yes, together. Yes, because yeah. It's- 
It's hard to plan that to happen. That's and it right. Just and it's just wholesome and it's yeah. a little bit funny and yeah. it's old fashioned. Like it was in the 90s. Like mm, it's mm, so mm, old. No mm, one's mm. even. She goes, no one, none of my friends know about this. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Not on Nickelodeon. But I did have a little cry because I always, yeah. it's sort of like Little House in the Prairie. Yes. There's always a moral and there's yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. It's the so end of something. It was the, the end. end. I said, end this is, you know, like I know they're not making any more because no. I finished this like 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> But then I found the podcast. Oh, there so there the we podcast, go. So I went back listening to the episode <laughs> recap. Yeah, oh, she puts an AirPod in and I put great. one in. And then we go, let's find our favourite episodes and hear what these two people. Oh. It's called Call Me Cordelia. Oh, um, and there's two an American couple <laughs> that <laughs> just have a recap for every my favorite podcasts. Oh wow! So, and, she, and I I was in the kitchen and I'd call out to her. Did you hear that? Oh, like, how yes, cute. I agree. That was the worst episode. <laughs> This is a, a rare bonding thing that you wouldn't predict. I know. It's been awesome. And just because we started it when she was so yes. sad with COVID yes, after yes. coming home from okay. school camp. and Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Started sad, ended happy. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. What about your difference? Okay. So what made a difference was, as all of you know, because I haven't been quiet about it, recently turned 50 and my mum um, and I were talking and she was saying, I just don't understand why people buy people flowers. And I said, well, I love flowers. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favourite things in the world to get, actually. And she said, they just die. And then you look at them yeah. and there's dead well, flowers. true. I said, well, yeah, it's, it's nice just a different perspective. Them. Really nice yeah. because I think most of us would be, it's very odd to buy yourself a bunch. Totally. You're like, that's a luxury, just one step really above. Is. I always think if I won Lotto, weekly flowers deliveries. Oh, yeah. I oh, would love it. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway. She rang me on Tuesday. I was having a warehouse sale. She said, where are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm at work. And she's like, oh, well, I've left something on the front porch. Anyway, oh. a box of tulips, which thank God she doesn't listen because the dogs got into oh. and I've had to re <laughs> push them up because they will always be a bunch of flowers. Oh. So they'll die down and then the next year they'll come back. Oh, and that's very good. Yes, this is how you should have flowers, Kate. So, oh. you know, she lives 45 minutes away. That's beautiful. And she didn't even get to see me. So, oh. yeah, I was like, you know, we're all quirky, but she's a really good human. Yes, she is. Yeah, she oh, is, that's so. lovely. She listened. She and then she made it listen. I made work. it her. That yeah. was going to work for her. And now I'm going to be fucking accountable to those tulips until I die. You are. look after them. <laughs> Well, I've already let the dogs. Oh, I know. <laughs> My neighbour always gives me plants and I always kill Thanks. them. Yeah. It's, it's it's something. It is something. I'm not good at it. <sighs> anyway, what was your difference? Mine is I've been listening to um, Armchair Expert Podcast oh, and there was an that. awesome episode um, and it's on the 24th of March and it's by Daniel Pink or they interviewed him and oh. he's a researcher on regret. Wow. And it was a fascinating episode. And so, um, yeah, he talks about the four – he, he interviewed 16,000 people and what were the four main types oh of gosh, regret? that took him a long time. Yeah, oh, he loved to talk about it. He was he was right <laughs> he up for his own regret. research. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed it. So the four regrets um, were um, moral regrets. Yep. Okay, I'll just read what the show notes yep. say. Yep. Um, yep. Daniel Pink is a New York Times bestselling author. Yep. He joins the armchair expert to discuss how people having no regrets in their life is the wrong mentality to have, ah. how people can underachieve if they are overpressured to perform, yep. and his findings on free will. Daniel yep. and Dax talk about how to confront moral regrets, how self-compassion is more constructive <coughs> than self-criticism, ah. and how to approach the regrets of action versus inaction. Wow. He explains what happens when people are incentivized to work, 
how mm. growing up in the Midwest shaped his personality mm-hmm. and what usually happens when you reach out to reconnect with people in your life. It was oh, really good. I could, okay. And he was really full of life like Richard, so it was yeah, easy yeah, to yeah, listen yeah, to. Yeah. Okay, so good that, one. And my other one was um, normal gossip. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, I've listened. Number one daughter. Bloody loves oh that show. Oh, my gosh. This episode, my friend Chris was like, have you listened to this? <laughs> Because it's an episode. Okay, it says, Tracy joins us this week to affirm her hatred of squirrels and also to judge who is truly the villain in a group of busybody preschool parents. I mean, the episode is up everyone's alley. That's, I'm there. Oh, my God. I was crying with laughter. And there's a dad that makes Play-Doh for the, like, the cake store. I made Play-Doh. So my friend Christine is like, you made Play-Doh? I was like, I know. This is about me. It was just so good. And I remember how funny normal gossip is i've forgotten to yes. listen to it for a while and yes. I, it's such a great concept yeah, it's such a great concept yeah, and beautiful and christine who listens she's like oh i really want to send one in and i was yeah, like go on do it <laughs> oh dear so yeah good great podcast listening mm. Okay. That was that. So this week I laughed because so Buzz and Woody, for those of you following along at home, are still sick. Mm. So we're in week three of the flu. They're definitely on the mend, um, but it's so cold, mm. as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, that when they go outside mm. they just cough and cough and cough mm. and they're not sleeping well because of the mm. coughing. And anyway, we've had nearly three weeks off school, so whatever. Um, but um, Woody, sorry, Buzz will often come into my room at night, you know, when you can't sleep and he may as I've I think he thinks we both should be awake, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's if I'm awake, true you're love. awake. Yeah, that's yep. right. So he comes in and then he's coughing. So I put on a uh, podcast because yeah. I can't sleep either. Yes. And I put on You're Wrong About. Oh, yeah. And awesome. um, it was, and it's just Sarah now because. Yeah, I haven't listened. He's gone over to maintenance phase. I know, I know. I love maintenance yes. phase. I think I love him. Yeah, I love him too. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael. what's it like just with her? Um, It's good, but it's not, not the, the same. same. But I was like. I've got to find okay, something we'll that's appropriate. Yep. And so this week they talk about the mystery of, I don't know how to pronounce this, the Dalatov Pass incident, which I'd heard of. It's nine hikers in like the 30s, I think, are in their shelter and they run into the night, freezing cold up in a mountain like minus 30 for no reason and they all die. They get they oh. think they get caught in an avalanche, but they can't work out why they left their right. um, accommodation. And there's right. all these theories. It's a mystery. Anyway, so... I fell asleep and he listened right to the end, like he got really into it. Yeah. Anyway, the next day I FaceTimed, I oh know I Snapchatted him from the warehouse and I said, I've never been this cold because it was, it felt like two degrees yeah. in Melbourne and I had to sit at a table yes. and I was so Freezing. cold. I was really cold. I just, I'd worn thermals but not enough clothes. Yeah. Mandy got a Snapchat, everyone. I was like, I'm yeah. really cold. Yeah. And I had to actually get into bed when I got home. Yeah. I could not warm up. Yep. Anyway. I, so I Snapchat him. I was like, I hope you're all right at home. I'm really cold. And he just replies with this long message. I don't think you're as cold as those nine hikers. <laughs> <laughs> you made me listen to last night. <laughs> Who well, died in their underwear. Well, that is true. Okay, true. <laughs> so I was just laughing at the warehouse. I thought I can't even explain this to people, but it made me laugh for a long time. <laughs> that's gorgeous. And he listened to the whole thing. The whole thing. He goes, you fell asleep. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's why that's I put what it we on. do. Yeah, that's it rolls right. us back. I'm tired. It's one o'clock in the oh, morning, mate. Oh. So, yeah, I'm Goodness. back to no, 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 nowhere near newborn twins, but I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going on like four or five very tiring. sleep at night. And they're very. obviously, it's worse for them. Yeah. 
So, yeah, what made you laugh? Um, well, like the rest of the world, Prince Louis. Oh, oh the joy. It's given me so much joy. Oh. I can't stop and your watching mom? him. Oh, she and loves my mom. him. I think oh. it's been a bonding for It women. has because my mum has some very strong feelings about the royals. Yes, And so, yeah, it's been really fun to talk about that with her. Oh, and just the yeah. joy of seeing a child doing what oh, children do. Oh, it's just been the best. Oh. And there's been all this discussion oh, around no. diagnosis. No. He's, he's just normal or all those whatever. words. People have been getting yep. upset about, but whoever he is He's awesome. has given me the best joy this oh, week. And just seeing him walk over to his granddad's lap and I'm like, oh, they're, they're people. But I also think like he hasn't done anything for no. two years. Like these kids are drilled. Oh, yeah. You know, right? But he hasn't had to do anything. Imagine yeah. now if oh. I took Buzz and Woody oh, to sit front sorry. row. Those twins. Oh. Someone would pick their nose. Oh. Someone would say something inappropriate. I imagine just, the pressure of having to look like that. I can't imagine. No, I can't. But so, oh, he's the, the, the man face. of a thousand faces. He is. Uh, yeah, and he just, is going to be fun. He's the third oh, child. you got to watch out for that. third child. <laughs> you think you've got it all together and oh, then you have a third. I just laughed. I just thought, what oh. joy. And I think with no knowledge and I don't really follow any social media on the Royals, his mum seemed to enjoy him. Yeah, I and I, think someone she said did. in the post that she put up about yeah. it. She said, and especially Louis and did yeah, like these rolling eyes. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's proud of yes, him. Yes, of course, because yep. she's probably in the background thinking this little guy hasn't done I anything know. like this before. It's enormous. Sit here in front of thousands of oh, people the world. in a sailor suit. <laughs> I was like, well, that's how they dress, Mandy. Because well, I was like, that was his dad's. Oh, of course. Someone right. told me that. Don't think that I know that. Oh, Someone no. told me. I'm but yeah. Mum didn't know that. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. You can tell her. His, yeah. his dad wore it at oh, one of the other events that's when he really was the beautiful. same age. Yeah. Because I was like, George in the suit, the poor I guy. Mum's like, don't, Mandy. That's how they dress. <laughs> that's okay. That's not. And I was like, well, he's got a tie I on. Know. He's what, eight the poor little thing. I but she's know. like, well, that's the way it is. Yeah, okay. okay. That's All right. the way it is, little darling. Um, yeah, so. Louis, thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, Louis. People making memes, the oh, TikToks. I mean, it's, so it's good. just so much joy. And just everyone going, you can you can hear the shh <laughs> in Kate's voice when she leans down, you know, every mother, just know, for two seconds, sit thinking, still. Surely she wants to pinch him just surely. a little bit. <laughs> just be like, just, just be quiet. The whole world the is whole watching. World. <laughs> And she's in stilettos. Oh, you my know? word. Oh, anyway, it was joyful. What You're a time. Right. Yep. Yep. So yep. that's it. That's it. So, okay. Yeah. Rate, Thank you. Rate and review. Rate Come and, review. and see us in Sydney. We're coming to Sydney. You can yep. get last minute tickets, especially really to can. that seven o'clock show. Yep. And we'll see you there, okay? Okay. All right. Bye. bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.